Because mm-hmm. if you can have strong student leaders that can set good examples of building each other up, trust mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. between teammates, mm-hmm. and just a, a culture of collaboration and just integrity, then you are you're set. Because once you have a strong culture at the top, it will always flow to the bottom. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Member of the Education Podcast Network today. We have on Alex and Daniel of the Paradigm Esports crew. As always on Fridays, we feature our students from the Started Up uh, Innovate Within cohort. And this one's particularly interesting because I keep, like, among the most emails I receive is how do you start an esports team? Um, because we have started one at my school. And uh, yes, these two guys are from my school, but they are also a part of the winning cohort uh, that went on. So this is a, a follow-up from a podcast we had on a couple of weeks ago with Ryan. But Alex and Daniel have been really instrumental in running it at the school level. So if you've ever thought about how to run an esports program at your school or what it takes or how much money it costs or how to develop these kind of student leaders, this is your podcast. I know you're going to love this one. At the end, they also give the information where you can find them. So if you have an interest, take a listen. And if you know somebody that is really into esports or wants to start a program at their school, I think this is well worth a share. As always, you can uh, give us recommendations and feedback. You can email me, don at startedupinnovation.com, or find us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash startedup. All right, part two with the Paradigm Esports crew. Last time... We got the chance to talk to Mr. Ryan Haas. Today we have the rest of the esports, the Paradigm Esports crew, Alex Mattingly, Daniel Hancock. Guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So um, exciting times um, in the sense that, you know, in our, in our, in our first episode, Ryan kind of said, like, we were among the first to discover that esports should be in schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got off to an interesting start last year. But then all of a sudden, a lot of schools called, and and again, last episode, Ryan was like, "That's when we knew that we should start consulting with other schools, get them on board." Now that you guys are starting to roll, um, what has been the most difficult part of wanting to onboard a school, or or like in some cases, like, "Hey, we think we want to do some esports stuff," and then they end up like not because of what reasons? They don't realize how much it costs. For most schools, they think. I, they just don't realize how how much starting up any really any extracurricular program costs with the level of commitment that they really w- should want. So, for example, a good gaming PC will cost around a thousand dollars with peripherals, equipment, making sure everything is good. But if you're going to want to have a team or be able to support multiple teams, you're going to need a dozen, maybe more of those, and that adds up very quickly. That price tag, especially you might have to pay teachers to stay as supervisors, and there's a lot of hidden costs that people don't realize. They think that starting a program is, we'll throw $5,000 at a problem, and it's instantly good. But it doesn't work like that. Well, okay, tr- truth on that one. Like, just full disclosure, we're, we're recording this one at school today. Right. And, it's, and school day's over. And tell everybody what we just got, what you guys just got done doing. Well, uh, so what we've been working on for the past couple hours now is just working on tryouts for our actual high school esports program. Uh, right now we have Overwatch players playing and we have League players whiteboarding over the compositions that are going to be playing here soon and like the, it's so interesting to think about like even tryouts we've ran into problems with how many computers we have because 
instead of just having your actual team playing, where that would be six, we have to have 12, we have to have then, we have to double every single number so that you can have kids playing against each other to actually survey them. So there, there is just hidden things everywhere that you like, even sometimes we don't even think about until after the fact. And uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's not our first rodeo. This is not our first time we've done tryouts, even this year. But um, it's really, it's just every single time that we try and take a big step forward, we uh, always have to reel it back because we forget about the little things. There's always a hitch. There's someone that we forget to communicate with oftentimes that stops us. If there's anything I'll say has been like the biggest problem so far this year, it's been communication because everyone wants to be involved and everyone wants to know everything. Yeah. So when that happens, we struggle because a lot of our a lot of what we like to do is we're gonna just do this and we're gonna do it now and it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, but it doesn't work like that with the school district. No, I'm glad you said that. Like um, this year in particular was kind of a challenge. Like I don't necessarily like talking about it, but right. for those people that well, actually I don't even really I didn't really talk about it on the on the podcast. One of the things that happened is. You know, our middle school had one of the school shootings that made the news nationally. Um, that being said, some people were skeptical about esports uh, in the sense that you know it. it I, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but it, it was it was awkward right. in the sense that you know this the esports we play. You know, even though it's kind of cartoonish, um, that it does kind of you know represent first person shooter. Uh, so getting over that and, and making sure that everything was okay was kind of a, a stumbling block for sure. Um, however, when you saw people out and about and, and they kind of questioned whether we did esports, and again, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but let's just address it. What was some of your, I don't want to say comebacks because it sounds like it's a fight, but like how did you quell people's fears when they brought that up? Well, the number one thing that we always talk about with our program, even when people are just worried about us in general, is always about the community. And like how how tight knit and how well these people work together. Like when 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 we have these shooters and we have like all these issues, it's mostly these people feel like they're alone. They feel like they're not included. That's a good they're point. not they're not involved in the community. They're they're secluded. This brings people that aren't in the community and aren't involved out of their shell. Mm-hmm. And like these kids that you, normally you would not see talking to anybody, you see them walking in the hallway. They they have an entire group of people around them, group of friends, because they all have some sort of common interest in something that they they spend so much time on themselves, and they know that other people also spend as much time on. Right. And then they get to build a team, they get to build a family, and they get to work together and get to know these people really well, and these people get to know them really well. And they work to get better together, so they aren't even just learning to getting to know each other, they're also yeah. helping build each other up and so that, that just, it just builds a really great community of kids. And we think that being involved in that is, is life-changing for a lot of these, like, these students. Especially during their formative teenage years where things can be awkward and <clears throat> there's a lot of trouble with trying to find yourself. Um, besides that, though, a lot of it is the idea that playing a shooting game trains you to be a good school shooter is absurd for many reasons. But... The main one that I can think of is, did your kid go home and play Madden, and now all of a sudden they're Dan Marino? <laughs> no. A kid that plays Madden is still probably not very good at football because they're two entirely separate things. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> I like that. So playing playing a shooter does not teach you how to be a good school shooter. Well, and I, I like Daniel's point, too, in the sense that it like if there is a stereotype of some gamers being isolated this like it makes them perform as a team, right. and and here we are in education celebrating the communication, collaboration, teamwork, blah blah blah. 
it's all found, especially in the esports, the, the team sports. Oh right. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I remember last you know last year watching you guys. Again, me being a complete novice, bark out orders when you guys playing league and everything else of like, okay, that's collaboration. That is some serious teamwork going down. And even the fact that you mentioned earlier, you guys have whiteboarding sessions. And oh, yeah. you, last year, you know, one of our coaches, Noah, came in and you guys were breaking down film and all these other things. So, yeah, in, insane amount of, of things. It's not, you know, again, I'm 46. And so a lot of times people in their 40s think that there's an esports team. You guys are all gathering around somehow playing Donkey Kong. Right. Um, a lot more strategy in that. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the, some of the schools that are like a, a, you brought up a great point, like, yeah, we want to get into esports. And then they start looking at it and like, okay, I don't, I don't have the money. Or they do have the money, you said, like there's little hiccups along the way. Like you guys were just signing in people that had to have accounts already on Blizzard, on Steam, things of this nature. Talk now to the, not the complete novice. There, there, there's people listening there right now going, yeah, I, I play, you know, maybe they're a little bit, not old school, but mid school, say that they're a World of Warcraft guy or they, they, they understand some of the basics. But what are some of the things that you should, you think that you're ready, but you're not quite as a, a school? Um, what's your network look like? Everyone forget, like, you don't realize how intensive it is to have a dozen computers all logged onto the same server at once. Um, mm. A big problem that we had to deal with is when you log in those a dozen accounts within two minutes of each other, <laughs> the game servers will slow down, but also the creators of those games, off, they blocked us last year because they thought that we were um, trying to hack people. Right. Especially when you have incorrect logins. So be sure to have a network that's good. Make sure that your make sure that your infrastructure is there. Yeah. And that, that's tough to figure out before you get into it. But a lot of it, it's the same networking equipment that you would need for any other sort of uh, event with a lot of students. If you have iPads at your school or another device where you have hundreds of students all logged onto the same network, chances are you're ready. If you're not, you probably need to take a look and see what you actually have. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and then again, like if you want to talk about a different type of network, you have to make sure that like this isn't going to be something that's going to be run entirely by teachers because the teachers, even if they are a novice in the game, they have to be so delved in. They have to know so much and an extensive amount about each individual game. And eSports isn't just one one or two games. It's probably about four or five. Mm -hmm. So you, this is all student-led. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that student community. You have to build the student leaders, and then you have to get those student leaders to help build the team even, even beyond what a normal football team or, or basketball team would be. eSports has so much more communication than anything else because mm – -hmm. The, the player is the coach at the same time. Mm -hmm. The coaches can't talk to the players during the games professionally. You, you made a, a great point, and that I want to really double down on it, is yeah. that here again, I think this is why this is genius that it is in the schools. Mm -hmm. We want more kids to take initiative. Check. We want them to take ownership over things. Check. We want them to do teamwork things. Double check. Um, I love the fact, now mind you, we've gotten ourselves in a little bit of trouble from time to time. We've experimented around of what is leadership and things of this nature. But I love the fact that the adult in charge is the dumbest one in the room. And I think, and I take pride in saying that because I'll get people saying, hey, I heard you talk about esports, but I don't play. I don't either. But what I, I mean, I mean, literally, my my claim to fame was Quake Two, and that was the end of it. And Donkey Kong and Pac-Man Pac before that. But like, you know, my my modern video game was yeah. I mean, now I play a little bit with Fortnite with Grant. But like, you can be not just a novice, but you can empower your students. And 
talk somebody off the ledge right now. I mean, I don't have to. It means more coming from you. You're a you're a 35 year old teacher. You don't really know what you're doing, but you really want to provide this for your kids. Tell them how this is possible without. I mean, because we gave all the negatives on how it's difficult, yeah. right. but you're talking off the ledge. I want to do this, but I just can't. I I think the first step if you're going to try and ever introduce something like this to your students is inspire them to a build program. You say, hey, so we're thinking about this idea. We want you guys to go ahead and get all your friends know like, hey, we, let's let's build this. Let's build a club. Because the club's easy. That's entirely just a teacher just watching kids play. Yeah. And you have the kids that are passionate. They say, hey, we want to start a team to enroll in this league uh, that's free. We just want to play like in a tournament. And then that slowly that'll grow. And you'll mm-hmm. have this community of, of gamers and people that are all interested in the same game that'll, that'll want to build further. And so you take that community and you just push them a little bit farther into a program where you say like, hey, like, well, maybe we get the school to invest a little bit. Mm. Maybe we maybe we work a little bit like towards this. And you, you isolate those leaders that you have, and you work with them. You say, like, hey, what am I going to need? What What is necessary for this game? What's necessary for these computers? Because you're not going to know enough right away. But you, these these kids do know enough because they have they go home, and they've told their parents yeah. what they need. They've yeah. told everybody else what they need so that their friends can then play with them at home. And, I mean, it's it's all about building your leaders first, and mm-hmm. isolating them and then working with them because they're the people that are going to help build the future. Mm-hmm. Right. And like with any great uh, with any great organization, culture starts at the top. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, you you probably if you're a teacher, you've probably noticed a couple students that are passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to pick like take a few of the students aside and ask them how they feel about leadership roles and some and mm-hmm. something like that because mm-hmm. if you can have strong student leaders that can set good examples of building each other up, Trust, mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. between teammates, mm-hmm. and just a, a culture of collaboration and just integrity. Then you are you're set because once you have a strong culture at the top, it will always flow to the bottom. Yeah, we have uh, we've been blessed to have some really strong leaders uh, in our past few years with our teams, and they were able to uh, hold they were able to hold our teams together. We've had problems with teams before, stu- uh, teammates fight and argue. But we always have had a good leader that's able to break apart the problem, help uh, cool everyone down, and move us towards the right track. So to sum that up, really, it's just leaders. It's all about the student leaders. If you have strong student leaders, you'll have a strong program. Well, but again, though, like taking that even a, a notch higher, I have to have great leadership. Like our principal still had to sign the okay. Right. Um, and I think that's that's been also the hard part on my end is that um, – you know, you guys fight the battle of once they're ready to go, I'll get emails of like, I want to, but my principal thinks that, well, all the negative stereotypes you guys were talking about. Like, if I'm going to train them to be better shooters, what's going to happen? And things of this nature. So, you know, superintendents and principals that are starting to see this as an opportunity. And really, that thing that's what my whole point was. A, we were lucky because Mr. Bryant had played Fortnite with his kids, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. And two, um, like... Mr. Bryant and then our superintendent uh, as well, this is one of my favorite things to say. If it's our job to prepare kids for the future, there seems to be a heck of a future, and not just playing esports, but streaming esports and marketing esports. There's a variety of things. That was what you know Noblesville was sold on, and, and, and I think that's what you guys now are ambassadors of. Um, you know, in your guys' consulting business, like I'm sure that's probably your biggest selling point, yeah, is leadership and the fact that you're providing them for a future. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, think about uh, the average small-town America football team. How many of those students are going to make it to a D1 school? Very few. Mm-hmm. And how many of those students are going to go on to be the pro? 
if a, if a small town has one pro player every 30 to 40 years, those players are just a huge name in the school. Right. We have had multiple pro players, team people with offers, people that have gotten full rides to a various colleges across the United States mm-hmm. and we've been up as a program for three years yeah we just have had so many opportunities because we're in it so early so right now it, really this is the best time to get into it because yeah you're you're setting the wave I think that's been the interesting thing to see as the universities that are now doubling down on esports because they can be the Alabama football right like you know you're wearing their lanyard Robert yeah. Morris University was among the first and they're like they're small but they're titans you know, in the yeah. esports world. And I think it's been kind of interesting is that they're like, hey, we don't need a budget to outfit you know, a player roster of 44 people. Uh, we can you know, kind of make this grow it. And, and I, to your point, and this is the exciting thing about the high school esports scene that you guys are part of, yeah, you guys have built a name not just for your school, but now all of a sudden your, your business model is that you know, we've – you guys are about as OG as you get when it comes to high school, you know, K-12 esports. Um, so I, I think that that's interesting to, to, you know, to have that. But, yeah, at your heart is that you have leadership level principal. You have leadership level superintendent. Then you have leader, leadership level dumb guy in the room, Mr. Wetrick. And then you have leadership level of let's not screw this up. With you know, like you guys don't get toxic. You guys represent yourself well, which I think is all part of, I guess, your training as well. Correct? No, you have to be better if you want to be on the esports team. You have to be better, a better example to the student body than the average football player would be. And honestly, like, why, why do you think that? And and, and Daniel, you can handle this. Why, why do you have to be better? I, we think we have to be better because of the things that you're sta- standing against. Yeah. With football, it's not hard to get in. You go in, you already know you're gonna get, probably gonna get a concussion, whatever. Mm-hmm. But these sports people, like they look at you, they say, "Well, that's just that. That's not a sport. What are you right. doing?" So you had to you had to put twice as much commitment into it, twice mm-hmm. as much time. Then you had to go ahead and you had to do things that you wouldn't necessarily have to do, but you have to do to look good. So we have our kids work out. We have our kids do more extra team bonding. We have them held to a higher grade standards. Mm-hmm. And we have all these huge like things that we had to do to break um, stereotypes about mm-hmm. esports and esports players. Like all of our kids, like they hear about us having to work out or they see us playing ultimate frisbee or the, the weight coach will say like, Hey, these kids need to get in here and play weights. Mm-hmm. I mean, not play weights, <laughs> do weights. And we say, uh, it's, Absolutely. Yeah, we want to. We want to grow as much as we can. But yeah. people would just look at us and say, like, no, they no. There's no reason they would ever do that. They, why would you guys do that? Yeah, definitely. There's some skepticism. You guys are fighting it, and and um, and I, again, the skepticism isn't coming from our school corporation, which I dig. But yeah, a lot of people are watching. Heck, I remember when we had an article in uh, a paper, the Indianapolis paper, and you know, there were some there were some things said that kind of bugged me. But at the same time, we have to expect that until this level of excellence has, has been built up. Um, the other thing that I wanted to go over, uh, you guys had, and, and this is just me recanting back and having great memories, but uh, one of the things that really drove our trip out to New York City is the connections we'd already made. Right. You know, like having, having a prior relationship with Seth Godin absolutely was great. But one of the persons that was enthusiastic to have us come out uh, was Atlantic Records. Um, weigh in on that, and why? Um, we have been sourced by Daniel. He, he couldn't make it because he had a fun, yeah. he had a busy summer schedule. Sorry, yeah. Daniel. I had I had family. I, I know, and I feel uh, anyway. Yeah. So we actually uh, had a representative from Atlantic Records come and ask to talk to us. Uh, Jordan Chalmers. He's the director of influencer marketing there, 
And he had an idea at Atlantic Records to, well, I'm not going to go exactly into what we were planning on doing with them. But we talked with them for a while, and that's still in the works. We'll see how that goes. But uh, over time with something like that, you just build a strong connection with someone like that. We went back collaborating over time about something like that. and Just the fact that three high school students were having negotiations with Atlantic Records was crazy. Right. Yeah. And it still is. It's, yeah. yeah, it shocks uh, us. Right. And, and I just, I loved, A, that you guys arranged that in most ways. You know, we're, here we are thinking about taking an epic trip to New York City and Again, full disclosure, it wasn't a Noblesville thing. It was, a, it was an India to Innovate Within thing. Um, but I just liked the fact that, you know, oh, yeah, this is another thing we should hit up, and it should be Atlantic Records, and we end up having an event there because of you guys had set that table for us, which I thought was really cool. Um, last thing, again, you're now talking to parents or teachers that think, <clears throat> I want an eSports team at my school. Here's the hardest thing. You mentioned it earlier, lack of funding. If you are starting at a $5 budget, yeah. where do you start? Um, with the students, absolutely. Students are the passion. They're going to be the drive behind a lot but of But even stuff. if you have passionate students, you, your, your school budget, is, is yeah. it's, it's very low. Let, let's just be realistic and say 500 bucks. What do you do? Um, then you need what you, before you can run, you have to walk. So before you try and start a full-blown competitive team, you need to have a game club. Have students bring in their own consoles, their own games, anything like that. I'm sure that any uh, most schools will have a TV or a monitor sitting around. If you can get find a single monitor and a single Xbox. I don't think you have. I remember when we had a Super Smash Brothers tournament yeah. that came up spontaneously and kids even brought up their old CRT yeah, screens and it was will. on. Yeah, there you will have no shortage of kids volunteering to bring their own equipment if you give them the t a time and place <laughs> to play with other students. Yeah. So once you get that going, you can really get a strong po strong population of students that will show up if you if you incentivize it, if you allow them to play and collaborate with each other. And over over that just amount of time, as you get a huge club going, the administration will take notice. Yeah. They will notice just all those students and they will it, all of a sudden something that was impossible, we may we might be able to talk about. Yeah. It. And I'd be very deliberate on that messaging of watch how hard the students work. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, I want to thank you for being on. Uh, tell everybody else where they should follow you, all that good stuff. Um, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, and so is he. I'm Daniel Hancock. and I'm Alex Mattingly. So link, uh, talk to us on LinkedIn. We're happy to chat with you at any time. We love this. This is our passion. So if, any, if anyone has any questions, uh, message us. Yeah, and I mean, we're getting our website up now. It's ParadigmeSports.com. Yeah. Paradigm Esports, Alex Mattingly, Daniel Hancock. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah.